Well, Stephen, thanks for joining us. I know things are busy in the Mid-Atlantic as they are in a lot of parts of the country right now. Uh, the first thing here, this month is your five-year anniversary at Ballyhack. Congrats. I guess where does the time go and how would you describe the last five years and what have you learned over that time? Yeah, the last five years have uh, have gone by really quickly. Uh, definitely does not seem like it's been uh, been five years. Coming in, I was uh, pretty young, 20, 28, my first superintendent job. We had a lot of promises, uh, beautiful property. The golf course was built in 2009 and pretty bad time to open up a golf course. So the maintenance facility was not ever done. Coming in, you know, with the promise of maintenance facility, new equipment fleet, so on and so forth. First 18 months uh, were a lot of work getting that in place. You know, ownership uh, did a a fantastic job uh, with their investment in the facilities. Um, We really rebuilt the team, we rebuilt the culture, and, you know, just continued to uh, move everything forward. We've had Steady infrastructure improvement since I've been here. You know, my first year here, we, our owners uh, were building four more cottages, which made it so we had 28 beds on site. And then we built our maintenance building. We built a cart barn for the clubhouse. Uh, we're currently in the process. Actually, just opened most of them. We now have 60 beds on site. So uh, we've seen a lot of development. Uh, we've grown a lot as a team. The golf course has come a long, long way. Uh, I tell a lot of people, you know, my position in the overall facility, I couldn't imagine what it's turned into over the last five years. You know, it's kind of exceeded my expectations as far as uh, position and ownership's investments. Just overall trend that we're heading has just been fantastic. And, you know, we've had, uh, you know, kind of golf boom of the last couple of years has helped with that a lot. So, yeah, it's been good. Wow. You have my head spinning, discussing everything that's happened over five years. Uh, for our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with Bally Hack, how would you describe the course and the land where you work? So, the, the property is an old dairy farm. Um, for 100 years or so, it was a dairy farm. Uh, very rolling hills, um, foothills of the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains. So, we look up at a lot of mountains around us. Certain areas of the golf course, you can see mountain ranges, you know, miles away. Uh, Roanoke is a valley, but we're looking uh, looking up at quite a few mountains around us. Uh, very scenic. We get some gorgeous sunsets. Uh, we get a lot of fog and you know sun coming through it, where you can see uh, see for miles. Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty fantastic scenery. Um, the golf course is. Scottish Highlands design. We have large, expansive fairways, a little bit of maintained rough, and then it goes into native grasses. So it's pretty much hit the fairway or you're kind of hacking it back into the fairway and playing forward type of setup. Very rolling terrain, though. We have, I think we have about 100 foot of elevation change on 15, and there are many holes, you know, you're, you're plus plus club, club and a half, or the opposite if it's downhill, uh, depending on the uh, hole you're playing. Uh, very, very gorgeous property. Um, you know, anyone that hasn't made it out here, uh, till you really get out here, it's tough to uh, believe the views that you see. 
Stephen, what type of effort does it take to produce that Scottish Highlands type of golf in that rustic and rural feel? So the course was designed to have have lots of rollout, um, you know, play firm and fast. You get that from the topography, but we also, you know, really encourage, um, you know, promoting promoting the firmness through uh, lack of irrigation, site-specific, whether it's with a hose or individual, you know, irrigation heads uh, running. You know, we really wanted to play, you know, have the feel um, like you're overseas playing. Um, it is bent grass, so that, you know, is a fine, that is a challenge. You know, you need to, we want to keep it firm, but we can't push it too, too hard or else uh, we have an extensive recovery. Um, but, you know, I would say primarily uh, through our native grasses. Um, you know, originally they were um, seeded to fine fescue little blue stem. So the fine fescue seed in the spring and the blue, blue stem seed in the fall. So you have months out of the year where you have, you know, green center lines and then golden um golden natives on the outside edges but that's really you know the main feel to it uh really comes from the natives and the playability ballyhack gets a lot of stay and play type uh golfers and members how does providing an experience for visitors experiencing the course multiple times in a short window factor into your maintenance practices it's exciting and it's challenging because we have um some people in our uh in our membership, you know, they might be in Texas and coming to Ballyhack every other year. So for them, it's what they experience with Ballyhack. So we want to make it special, you know, for every visit. It's pretty much every day out here, somebody seeing the property for the first time is their first experience. So it's exciting having that going on. It can be a challenge because you always want it playing that way. And some, you know, sometimes you need to get in there and, you know, get some product out and water it in, you know, deep into the root zone or, um, you know, obviously we're doing needle tining in season, so on and so forth. So trying to do some of the more invasive stuff with limited impact on their experience can be a challenge. Um, we've, we've had some pretty good avenues for getting that done, but, um, you know, overall it's just really exciting, um, you know, having people coming in from all over the country to experience the property. When are you at your busiest in terms of play and activity on the course, and how do you structure your days and weeks during those periods? So our busiest times of year, fortunately, are also when we have the best weather, which is conducive to growing cool season grass. So Mm -hmm. we really pick up Masters Week. Um, So April, May, Really till about mid-June, we're pretty steadily busy. Uh, cottages are pretty booked up. And then we stay steady through the summer, but we do see a little bit of a decline. And then we really, really pick up about mid And most people who have been out here multiple times really like the fall because you get, you get the views of the fall foliage of the Blue Ridge and you know, seeing for miles, you see all, all sorts of different colors, the contrast of the, you know, fairways with the golden natives and then, you know, orange, orange, yellow color of the trees uh, is pretty fantastic. So we're really pretty steadily busy, you know, April to November, but we definitely see a little bit of a slowdown during the summer when it's uh, warm here. 
Before you arrived at Ballyhack, you have quite a resume and you've worked at some of Virginia's other top great clubs. What did you gain at each stop and how has that knowledge helped you with your current job? Yeah, that's a great question. So worked at probably about five or six clubs in Virginia now. I actually started on the service side, you know, cart cart you know, cart services, um a little bit of time in the pro shop. At that uh while I was working at Spring Creek near Charlottesville, I got to know the superintendent there. Um, he convinced me to come work on the golf course. Really loved golf, didn't know anything about growing grass. Um you know, so the passion really started there. From from there, kind of determined this might be something I want to do. I already had, after, um, you know, going through Spring Creek, I already had a bachelor's degree in uh, not, a, not really a related field. Um, and then, you know, went to another club. Um, things worked out well, became the assistant superintendent there. Followed the superintendent there to Kinlock Golf Club, uh, where I learned, you know, most of what I know now um, before coming here. Um, so, from the agronomy side, all my experience was cool season. So, all bent grass, tees, fairways, greens, um, which is somewhat unique for Virginia. You know, south of D.C., you're probably looking at, I don't know, eight bent grass fairway courses um so you know i've worked at four of them now so the clubs that i've worked at have been uh you know the experience has been very beneficial to uh being at Ballyac. and you've seen some different styles of golf courses too from mountain to kind of your classic urban or suburban club uh just how good is the the golf in virginia brag a little about your home state and the quality of the courses I grew up in Charlottesville, which is pretty central. Then I lived in Richmond for seven years. So in that part of the state, you can get to Virginia Beach in two hours. You can get to the mountains and, you know, you can actually ski in Virginia, you know, about an hour from Richmond. So you can go to, you know, Virginia Beach area and have great, uh, you know, great ocean uh, or bay, you know, bay style golf courses. Uh, Williamsburg's loaded with golf courses, fantastic golf courses, tons of great tracks in, you know, Richmond, Charlottesville. And then once you get, you know, west of Charlottesville, you start, um, you know, hitting some more mountainy golf courses. Uh, and we're southwest Virginia. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very rolling, you know, looking up at the mountains, but then you have other clubs um, that, you know, you have mountaintop plateaus style golf courses that you're looking down, you know, down for a lot longer than you can see here, uh, just probably for, you know, hundreds of miles uh, at certain clubs. So it's, you know, great variety from, um, from, you know, different parts of the states, but you also have a lot of, you know, modern golf courses, a lot of great modern golf courses, and you have, you know, a lot of classic golf courses, um, you know, in the, you know, especially in the Richmond area, Williamsburg, um, you know, DC area is, you know, another animal. Um, there's so many good golf courses, you know, Northern Virginia, DC, uh, Maryland area. So it's, uh, it's really good. With that said, it's not the easiest place in the United States to, uh, grow, uh, turf and provide consistent conditions. Just what type of challenge is it keeping, uh, turf alive, especially cool season turf in your part of the world. 
Yeah, so, you know, summers can be tough. That's the biggest thing with cool season grass. You know, spring and fall, you know, there's a lot to get done uh, to get ready for those summers and make sure you make it through. Uh, but when we hit hot stretches and moisture is out of our control, you know, thing, things get tough, um, get tough in Virginia. We're, uh, we're a little bit cooler in this part of the state, but we still get, uh, we still get hot. We, uh, we see nineties, you know, normally about 40, 50 times a year. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were 90, you know, just above 90 almost every day in July, 30 out of 31 days. It's warm, cool season grass, uh, can, can struggle a little bit, but a lot of, uh, you know, your successes are what you're doing with your spring and fall cultivations, your, you know, preventative programs, and the weather's, you know, the biggest factor in, uh, you know, how, how well you're going to make it through summer, though. Mother Nature uh, has the final say. And the weather also goes the other way, Stephen. I was just in Virginia in mid-April and it snowed four inches. So, I mean, how, how does the, the, the variabilities in the weather factor into your plans and what type of records, notes, logs, do you, do, you, do you keep on it or do you just expect the unexpected from one year to the next? You always think about previous years and, you know, we keep, you know, records and look back at weather data. And, you know, a lot of our planning is done off, you know, historical data, you know, timing for applications. But you have to be flexible. It, you know, one spring can be so different than the next. I'm pretty sure the last few years, March has been warmer than April. Um, so it's just been, uh, we get some funky stuff like that. You know, we get, we've had snowflakes here in April uh, this year at two different occasions. Um, so timing of applications, you know, can definitely become challenging. And then also cultivation timing. You know, what works great one year might not work great the next year. So, you know, advanced planning to work around golf and stuff, um, you know, it's it's not always consistent um, as far as recovery times and cultivations. You know, definitely starting, you know, preventative disease applications uh, and other pest applications, uh, you know, it's, it's not on a calendar. It's when the weather dictates. Uh, when the pest, pest, pest pressure's there. Yep, and the title of this podcast is uh, Disease Discussion. So what disease, pest, and weed concerns could you potentially face in your environment? From a disease standpoint, you know, pressures, you know, dollar spot, brown patch, a little bit of anthracnose. The dreaded tithium is, you know, always a concern during the summer. Take all patch. We have, uh, you know, almost, Almost any disease that's on a label, you know, there's some sort of concern. Um, you know, products are so good these days, you know, if you can get them out. A lot of those diseases are not of major concern with, with good programs. But, you know, some stuff will come up and bite you and pest pressure can, can you know, outrace uh, the products, you know, many times. We also, you know, ABW is an issue in uh you know, all of Virginia at this point, which is, is newer to us, uh, definitely a challenge. All the typical weeds, you know, you'd expect. One of our biggest um, challenges actually with this property being an old farm, the topsoil was pushed to the side and then put back down. So we actually have quite a bit of uh, 
areas of common Bermuda from, you know, the original farmland that we've had a lot of success with um, suppressing and, you know, promoting our bank grass, but that's, you know, a constant battle that we face. Um, so there's, you know, there's a long list of, you know, pests and, you know, weed pressure that we face. Um, some stuff we have a great handle on and other stuff will, uh, you know, continue to be a battle and hopefully we'll see some new product over the next years and, uh, you know, be able to fight, uh, fight that battle at a higher level. Uh, with disease in particular, Stephen, how does your disease management program compare now t- to five years ago? What have you learned about it? How have you tweaked it? And uh, there have also been a lot of uh, new products to come out just in the last five years that I'm sure you've had to consider. We've improved in many avenues, and uh, some of that is the success of you know our overall business, and with that, you know, growing our budget and you know building better programs. And then on top of that, you know, products have come a long way over the last, you know, last five, ten years. Um, you know, a lot more low-use use rate products, uh, extended intervals have helped a lot. Um, and I think, you know, the support of, you know, companies like BASF with um, helping with timing and uh, product selection has been uh, very critical we have a lot of disease pressure, but we haven't had many major issues that have gotten to the point that they've um, had major impacts on playing conditions or overall aesthetics. So, where, where does Ferry Ring factor into your disease management program, and what type of approach and program do you take towards controlling that disease in particular? That's our biggest issue from a disease standpoint, and last year was, you know, a record year, uh, at least on the East Coast for it. Um, I think it had to do with, you know, warmer winter. Never, I don't know that it ever really overwintered. It seemed like uh, such a warm winter just almost stayed active all all winter, and then uh, it was tough to control um, last year. Uh, we've really adjusted programs. And we've also gone with a more site-specific approach also on top of, you know, really good programs for the entire fairways. We are treating select areas more aggressively that we've historically had issues. Um, the chemistry is great. Uh, we do have very, very tight soils here, you know, part, you know, red clay, uh, tough, you know, in spots, tough to get anything into the ground you know if it's removing cart stakes tough to push into the ground so we've had a little bit of trouble always getting the product as deep as we needed to go so we've really gotten more aggressive with our deep tining of fairways and you know that's to promote good strong rooting but with that we're also hoping that gets you know we're able to deliver the product deeper into the root zone and uh get to our issues we're uh we're making headway you know great support from aaron wells who's our basf uh rep and you know he's had others involved uh Adanza mccall at virginia tech has you know been involved with our programs you know one thing we're looking for with those programs too fairy ring is a major issue but i don't want to be spraying a product that's only good on fairy ring. I want to be spraying a product that's good on fairy ring and it's going to take care of, you know, the other diseases that we face. And, you know, 
working with them, we've really, you know, developed a program that's good on, that's really good on fairy ring and we're taking care of the other disease pressure that we have in the process. That's a great point. And as a young director of agronomy, how do you go about selecting your network and the resources that you use to help you develop a disease management program? Because in your part of the world where so many different things can happen, you know, you really do need some outside eyes and ears to, to help you, Stephen. How do you determine that team around you to help you with disease management? You know, I was fortunate to work under a couple really good superintendents that, you know, I still reach out to. With them being a little bit warmer than we are here, normally they're seeing the issues, you know, maybe a week ahead of when we are. So, you know, I, you know, definitely think about that a little bit, you know, uh, granted, you know, weather's different, you know, as far as rain, so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, superintendents in my network um, from previous clubs, um, you know, talking to other supers in the, you know, in our um in our organization. Some of them are in different states, but, you know, we do face many of the same issues. So, you know, what's been working, what hasn't been working, you know, timing. Um, and then I think, you know, support from universities, uh, Virginia Tech, Penn State, you know, many others. Um, and then also, you know, BSF's been really, really good. You know, Aaron's been out here multiple times. We've looked at our issues. We've talked about different approaches. You know, last year was a good program. It was a really good program. We made a few tweaks to it this year, so we actually feel like it's even better. Um, so, you know, there's no short list of, um, you know, resources out there. And, you know, one great thing about the industry is, you know, everyone's willing to help, you know, someone else. So everyone's willing to pick up the phone, talk, you know, try to help help everyone be the best they can be, you know, one of the reasons uh, this industry is so great. Are you completely on a preventative program, Stephen? And if so, what are the benefits of being on preventative versus curative? So, our, yeah, we are spraying preventively, but knowing that we're going to have issues with barriering the other diseases, you know, it is preventative. We don't want to see much out here, you know, mm -hmm. but there is a balance of, Spraying, but not spraying too much. The fairy ring is very preventative. We do have some breakthrough, and we're going in, and that's you know a lot of the site specific um, you know you know attention. We're going through um, to you know traditional trouble areas, or as they pop up, treating them on a smaller basis, and you know with that you know sometimes we're doing some you know, deep tining or aeration, just regular aeration. We're making sure, you know, we're getting hoses on these areas, watering the product in deeper. 90%, you know, preventative, 10% curative. You know, it can get hot and muggy where you're at. Uh, the expectations are high. How darn good does it feel when you get through the toughest part of the growing season knowing that your practices and programs worked? It's a really good feeling, uh, you know, when you do have those, Summers that, you know, you do get through really well, which we've been fortunate the last couple to have pretty successful years. It's a fantastic feeling. This might be a little weird, but I do kind of embrace the grind of, you know, that tough stretch. And so focused and dedicated into getting those through, you have a sense of relief, um, but you hit a little fall stretch and you're like, well, now what, you know? Now the weather's so good, you know, then you start thinking about projects and that goes away. Um, but definitely, you know, a very good feeling to get through the year, have minimal recovery, 
and be able to focus on continuous improvement. You know, that's one thing with our programs. I don't want to spend tons of time every fall recovering. I want to spend time, you know, making improvements to the golf course, not recovering from, you know, how the summer summer hit us. You're still relatively young in your position, but you've accomplished a lot. Is that one of the lessons you would give to someone entering the business right now? What would you tell somebody, you know, that, that's younger that wants to be, have a job like yours about the mentality you need to have? With everything, it's just continuously learning and continuously trying to get better. It's, you know, really as simple as that. I think, uh, you know, when I came in here, there's a lot of work to be done. And it was, you know, how can we get 1% better every day, taking small gains? You know, it might not be golf course conditions are better that day, but, you know, it might be as small as, you know, hey, we trained two or three new guys on something they didn't know how to do, and because of that, we're going to be better, you know, for the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, learning learning, and just continuously uh, trying to get better, I think, is, you know, the biggest thing with anything you do. You and the team have achieved a lot over your five years there. What are the next three to five years going to be like uh it sounds like you work for a company and a club that's always doing something how exciting is the uh short-term future here yeah so with the dormy network it's very exciting you know we're continuing to grow they're actually building the club in nebraska mm-hmm. Cane hills of nebraska so that's exciting uh see the growth of the network um with that you know we're able to able to send, you know, our team at Ballyhack to some of the other network clubs uh, to experience different events. You know, Victoria National in Indiana hosts uh, the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. We always send a few guys there. Um, What I'm most excited about is seeing our team develop. You know, goal for me over the next few years is, you know, uh, we've had two assistants that have been here for four years now. Uh, hopeful to have them move along to superintendent jobs. Um, and with that, we've really developed uh, our staff from within. So we have guys ready to take their positions um, as they move on. So that's personally what I'm, you know, working towards and trying to get those guys ready for those next positions. As far as on site here, really adapting to, uh, you know, having 15 cottages on site and providing the best experience we can uh, to everyone on site is something I'm looking forward to. We're, we should be wrapped up with, with building construction. So I think over the next three to five years, we'll be doing uh, some decent capital improvements on the golf course. Um, so I think, you know, we, uh, we did better Billy bunker on greenside bunkers. I think, you know, getting all the fairway bunkers done is something that's going to take place. I think we'll, you know, adjust some grassing lines to make the golf course uh, a touch friendlier in spots. We are having to make adjustments to tee sizes, so on and so forth. We're doing quite a few more rounds than we used to do. There's uh, there's just a lot going on and just excited uh, about where we're headed. Stephen, how many acres of bent grass does your team maintain? 50 total. So do you ever get a chance to look up from those 50 acres and taking the mountains and the scene and the serenity around you? And if so, what do you think when you get those moments where you're you're looking up instead of down? You know, I don't do it often enough. And it's something, you know, I try to occasionally remind my guys, team to do it. Um, but it is pretty, it's a spectacular property. And, you know, really just how 
how the turf um, kind of frames uh, frames everything around it, and you know, is is pretty phenomenal. That uh, that's something that I need to do more often. And encourage you know everyone else to do as well. And, and last thing before we let you go, I, I noticed on the website that there are some furry helpers at Ballyhack. Are they still helping you with the golf course maintenance? Yes, they are still helping us. We're actually built in the cottage construction and new entrance uh, process. We're building them a new pen, you know, new barn for them. Um, It's been a little bit of an interesting phase during the construction because we're trying to keep them away from bulldozers and so on and so forth. Uh, So they haven't been on graze quite as much as, you know, we'd like. But we're looking forward to... uh, everything coming to wraps there and, you know, them spending lots of time on the golf course and picking away at some weeds and, uh, the, the membership loves them. So it's something, uh, they've, uh, they really come to enjoy when they come here. Yeah. And for those that aren't familiar, Ballyhack has a number of goats there on property. And I guess, Stephen, when you set out on this career journey, you probably never thought you'd be, uh, working side by side with goats. Did you? I did not. It was, uh, Something before coming here, I you know did not really think about. And uh, when I interviewed, I was uh, not asked if if I was fine with having goats. I was told we were going to have goats, so we are uh, we figured out how to do it and do it at a high level. Well, you're certainly a lesson in adaptability with everything you have to deal with, Stephen. It was great to have you on the podcast. Congratulations on everything you and the team have achieved, and have a, a great summer and fall here in 2022. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it and uh, look forward to talking soon.